0: It's Monday, March 2nd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Over the weekend, we started hearing reports of more COVID-19 infections in the U.S., particularly in Washington state. We'll tell you what else to prepare for as the U.S. government ramps up its testing efforts. Then, Joe Biden pulled off a big win in South Carolina on Saturday. We'll tell you why one major endorsement might have been the thing that sealed the deal. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by CarMax. Discover how easy car buying can be. Today, health officials confirm that a total of six people in Washington state have died of COVID-19. That's a disease caused by coronavirus. And now, health experts are warning that news could come pretty soon about a major jump in COVID-19 infections in the U.S. The reason this is likely to happen has to do with two things. The first, a general lack of COVID-19 testing until just a few days ago. And second, because of hidden clusters of infections. So let's wash our hands with soap and for at least 20 seconds and get into it. The only real way to know if someone's sick with COVID-19 and not just from the normal flu is to run a test. China, where COVID-19 started, has done countless tests since the start of January. As a result, they've got a pretty good sense of how bad things are. Another country dealing with a big COVID-19 outbreak is South Korea. It's tested more than 100,000 people and found more than 4,000 infections. A CNN reporter even got to check out one way South Korea is looking for new infections. I'm instructed to stay in the car the whole time. Okay. Yes, okay. Yeah, drive-through COVID testing, which lets people avoid crowded hospitals and get screened quickly. Clever. That kind of intense testing hasn't been going on in the US. Until last Thursday, the CDC only recommended tests for people who'd been to China or knew someone already infected. But now we know that people in the U.S. have caught COVID-19 who didn't meet those criteria. After being criticized for testing delays, the federal government is finally getting tests out the door. Here was Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday. We've already tested over 3,600 people for the virus. We now have 70, the capability in out in the field to test 75,000 people, and within the next week or two, we'll have a radical expansion even beyond that of the testing that's available. Once tests are sent out and results start coming in, health experts say they expect the number of infections in the U.S. to jump, because basically, you don't know what you can't see. Another reason the COVID-19 infection count could increase rapidly has to do with hidden clusters of infection. Those are groups of people who hadn't been tested and thus didn't know they had COVID-19. And when those sick people don't know, health officials don't know either. For example, the news over the weekend about the first COVID-19 death in Washington state was kind of a surprise because the number of confirmed cases there had been really low until just a few days ago. But once more testing was done, infections popped up right away, suggesting that groups of people could have been spreading COVID-19 for weeks under the radar. At a press conference today, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said he expects the COVID infection count to jump pretty soon as test results start coming back. There is no doubt that there will be more cases where we find people who test positive. We said early on it wasn't a question of if, but when. This is New York. We're a gateway to the world. You see all these cases around the world, around the country. Of course, we're going to have it here. So what's the skim? States and the federal government are finally starting to test lots of people for COVID-19. Until now, the U.S. has been slow to do those tests, which might have made it seem like there just weren't infections. But we might have just been seeing the tip of the iceberg. And as we learn about several possible hidden clusters of COVID-19 across the U.S., that iceberg could be pretty large. Coming up, why endorsements in the 2020 campaign can make a big difference. That's next. You shouldn't have to be an expert negotiator to buy a used car. At Carmax, you don't have to be. There's no haggling and no pressure to buy. The price you see is the price you pay. And it's based on the car not your negotiation skills. It's car buying without the stress. Oh, and they have over 50,000 CarMax certified cars to choose from. Plus, it's tax season and your return could help you put that down payment on a car. Just saying. Head to carmax.com to discover how easy car buying can be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. South Carolina a major comeback. Until this weekend, Joe Biden hadn't been doing too great in any of the 2020 primary votes. In Iowa, he came in fourth place. In New Hampshire, fifth place. In Nevada, a distant second. And we mean very distant. But this weekend, everything changed. On Saturday, a near record number of voters in South Carolina cast their ballots, nearly half of them for Joe Biden. It was a decisive victory, but also a surprising one. He was expected to do well in South Carolina, but not this well. Turns out, he had a little help, from the guy standing next to him on stage. My buddy, Jim Clyburn, you brought me back. Congressman Jim Clyburn, the highest ranking African-American member of Congress, is a revered figure in South Carolina. And two days before the primary, he had a big announcement. But I want the public to know that I'm voting for Joe Biden, South Carolina should be voting for Joe Biden. And that might've sealed the deal. According to Edison Research, 61% of voters on Saturday said Congressman Clyburn's endorsement was an important factor in their vote. Just over one in four said it was the most important factor. We've talked a lot on the show about how money, campaign ads, and speaking time during debates can all factor into how well a candidate does in the primary. But well-timed endorsements can also be a huge help. The site 538, best known for tracking polls, also tracks political endorsements as part of their election coverage. And they say big endorsements don't just sway voters, they also sway other high-profile Democrats to follow their lead. That very thing might be happening tonight. Minnesota Senator and 2020 candidate Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the presidential race this afternoon and is expected to endorse Biden at a rally in Texas. We're also seeing reports that former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who was edged out of the race just yesterday, is planning to endorse him too. But not everyone is down to pick favorites just yet. Democrats in California have been early voting for weeks ahead of tomorrow's primary. And the state's popular Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, hasn't endorsed anyone ever since his first pick, Kamala Harris, dropped out. One big-name Democrat who hasn't endorsed either is former President Barack Obama. Even so, most Democrats think Obama has endorsed a candidate. According to one poll, 25% think he's already backed his former VP Joe Biden. 26% think he's already endorsed businessman Mike Bloomberg. Even though Obama is staying out of it. For now. If any other major players want to get in on the endorsement game and have a major impact on the Democratic primary, time is running out. That's because tomorrow is Super Tuesday, when 14 states head to the polls, and more than a third of Democratic delegates will be won or lost. We'll have more on what to expect on Super Tuesday on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, if you're dying for more 2020 news, why not try Israel on for size? For the past year, they've been voting like it's their job. We'll explain why next. Go vote. Go vote. It's a proud day. This is a democracy. Uh, You have a a great right that you should exercise with confidence. Easier said than done. That's Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at a polling station earlier today. Because it's election day in Israel, where around 6.5 million people are eligible to cast their vote to help determine who will be the next prime minister. If you're thinking, didn't we just hear about an Israel election last year? You're not wrong. This is actually Israel's third election in 11 months. The first two were a bust, after both Netanyahu, the head of the Likud party, and Benny Gantz, the head of the Blue and White party, failed at their shots to form a coalition large enough to govern Israel. While some might say third time's a charm, this election hasn't exactly had a strong start. Three weeks ago, we learned that the personal info of those 6.5 million eligible voters were potentially leaked, We're talking about things like full names and addresses. The app was used by the Likud party to track voter outreach. And just yesterday, a group of Israelis reportedly filed a lawsuit against the party over the breach. Not to mention that voting this time around comes with an extra hurdle, COVID-19. There have been at least 10 cases reported so far. In response, Israel has set up over a dozen special polling stations for thousands of Israelis who are quarantined, but are allowed to leave to vote medical staff in safety suits and masks oversaw voters who were also required to wear masks and gloves. After voting, ballots were sealed in special double envelopes and then placed in a plastic bag to be counted separately from the other votes. So yeah, even the ballots are quarantined. But Netanyahu wasn't too worried. Uh, The corona uh, thing is completely under control. Today, we've taken all the precautions that are necessary. People can go and vote with complete confidence. What he might be worried about, though, is his upcoming corruption trial. Yes, the current and potential future leader of Israel is currently under criminal indictment. The trial is scheduled to start in two weeks, right after Israel's newly elected parliament would be sworn in. So if Netanyahu does get a majority, it's not exactly the best way to kick off a win. He faces charges of fraud, breach of trust, and bribery, all of which he denies. As for how the election went, officials have already reported the highest voter turnout since 1999. And if exit polls are any indication, Israel may be looking at yet another stalemate, with neither candidate able to win a majority. Meaning, voters may be prepping for an unprecedented fourth election, all while their government is in total political deadlock. Worst deja vu ever. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.